0: Welcome to Rise and Stride, where we empower you to take your next step in an ever-changing business landscape. Here's your host, Denise LaDuke freming President and CEO of the California Society of CPAs.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Rise and Stride. With me today is Cal CPA member Okori Ramsey, Vice President of Sarbanes-Oxley for Kaiser Permanente Foundation Health Plan and Kaiser Permanente Foundation Hospitals and who recently began his term as chair of the American Institute of CPAs and the Association of International Certified Professional Accountants. Okori has held various leadership roles with Cal CPA since 2009, including chair of the Education Foundation, and has held several volunteer posts with the AICPA, including the AICPA Board of Directors, AICPA and Association Audit and Finance Committee Chair, AICPA Investments Committee, and AICPA Council. He is a lifetime member of the National Association of Black Accountants and won ANAVA's Inaugural Core Values Award in 2022. He has previously held roles as Chair of the Accounting Career Awareness Program, San Francisco Bay Area, and is former adjunct professor for San Francisco State University's Master of Business Administration program. Wow, Corey, you are a busy guy. <laughs> it's a wonder you have time for even this podcast.
0: Well, Thank you, Denise, and it is a pleasure to be here with you and to have this conversation. And just so excited to uh, just you know be with you in this in this moment. And thank you for that that wonderful introduction.
1: Well, I'm, I'm excited as well. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Corey, and learn more about how you got to where you, where you are today and um, just everything that you have planned for the future. So maybe we should just start off with the question. It's, it's always interesting to know how someone started on their, their journey. So maybe you can tell us how you landed in accounting, because there's always an interesting story there, and um, you know what it's been like and what the career means to you.
0: Great, great. There's a lot to unpack there. It's been, been quite a quite a journey, but but I'll start with you know high school actually. So I began my interest in accounting actually in high school in and- a little bit prior, well, I shouldn't say prior to that, it was actually in high school, um, I took a, an elective course that was an accounting simulation class that was literally f- four semesters. You could take one or you could take all four. And I found in my very first class that I really enjoyed it and I, I continued with it. And so upon going into uh, completing that, that set of courses, I knew going out of high school that I was going to major in accounting upon going into college. And so, and, and part of the reason why I was kind of adjusting a little bit there is because at the time that I was also in high school, my dad introduced me to Gwen Skillern, who at the time I was a CPA. She was she had her own firm, and she was introduced me to different you know people in different careers. And she you know, spoke to me about accounting, and, and I just got to know her and, and got to love her. She's an amazing woman, and between my accounting courses and you know the mentorship that I got through her, it was kind of a combination that I knew that accounting was going to be my thing. And so upon going into you know, college, ma- majored in accounting. I went to Summer School State University. I uh, participated in several accounting clubs like NAVA. So that's how I was introduced to NAVA now over 32 years ago, 33 years ago. right And uh, and so I uh, did NAVA beat alpha psi, became a member of that you know accounting fraternity. And then I was also a member of the accounting students organization. And so between the three, I, I learned you know early on that I was a joiner. I like to be involved in different organizations, and, and so that kind of just has continued. But I, I started by the fact that I was in those programs. I you learned about the public accounting firms and I did several internships. For example, I entered with Anderson. I did a CPA for a week program with them. I did a, an internship with Deloitte where I was helping to revamp their recruiting program with about six other students. And then I did an internship with Coopers and Libran, which is the predecessor to Price of Our Coopers. And in that particular, uh, it was literally my after-school job. I went there Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and I went to college or classes that on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So that was kind of my, my initial entree into you know, accounting and, uh, and how I really got into the profession. Now, in terms of the journey from there, I spent five years with Coopers and Lybrand. Uh, I decided to transition to Anderson when the firm was merging to become PricewaterhouseCoopers. And then I worked another five years with Anderson, but I left Anderson pre um, Enron and the the whole you know, situation that was happening in Texas that really imploded the firm as well as Enron. Uh, but while I was there, I, when I transitioned, I moved over to Robert Half International, which is where Anderson's old risk consulting business was acquired, and that became ProTivity. So I was able to help build you know, ProTivity by doing the accounting and reporting for their, uh, their entity as they were really at their infancy. So it's great to see what they have become from you know, where, where they began. Uh, and so from there, I stayed about two years with, uh, with them, and I decided that it was kind of a flat organization for me and decided that I wanted to go into, um, you know, back into public accounting. And so I went with UI, and I spent five years with them on the risk consulting side of the house where we did internal audits, SOCs, anything was kind of risk management, internal audit work, and I did that for five years before joining Kaiser Permanente. And so for the last, now, almost 15 years, I've been with Kaiser Permanente where I've had seven, seven different roles in that 15 years, all Opportunities to expand my you know my, my network, expand the type of work that I did that I've done, and also just to expand my own you know career path to where I now run the Sarbanes Oxley program for the corporation.
1: It's such a journey, and you had so many. What's interesting is we always try to find out for students you know how they really get their first introduction to accounting. Is it a professor? Is it a family member? We hear a lot of times it's family members, but you had a number of interesting touch points that kind of just led you in that direction and it kept almost reinforcing the path you were on just it's just so interesting yeah I, just a one question on that you know for students how important it is is it that we are in the high schools or we're we're touching you know students even in middle school so that we make sure they understand accounting. Because so many times I hear accounting, I you know, it's not interesting. I don't even know what you do when you have a CPA. So give us maybe your thoughts on how we can do a better job of that interaction.
0: Oh, that that's a wonderful you know, comment and question you know at the same time. That I really do believe that it is truly important for for us as a profession to be in the high schools and even in the middle schools to talk about the profession, what we do, what the, are the types of activities that are involved in accounting? Because what I hear when I go into high school classrooms, as I'm doing you know, visits across the country, is that I'm not good at math. That's that's like the the consistent theme with, uh, I hear from students, and that that's their, their 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 entry point and their fear point of why they think that they can't do accounting. And I frequently tell, well, you know, I'm not good at math either, right? And so, so ultimately. You can have a very successful career and not be a mathematician or an expert in math because really for accounting, you need to know your basic addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, right? You you don't need to know the square root of this, that, you you know, really crazy algebraic or calculus. That's not what we're dealing with. But what we do need are people to really think. And to have great minds and to to process information, to make common sense out of sometimes complex matters, but also to help businesses think about different situations that they may enter into, whether it's an acquisition or it's a divestiture, or maybe it's a partnership. And what are the things that we need to think about as we look at those types of transactions and making smart decisions? And so, so it's really so much more than math, but that is part of the message, right, that we need to help these young people understand because they're they're leaving this opportunity on the table many times because they think it's something that it really isn't or that it's a small component of. And so the more that we're in the classroom telling our stories about what we do and the impacts that we have on businesses, firms, and economies, I believe that they will be inspired by those stories of what they could do, but also the financial benefits of that as well. Because if you work, right? In, a, in, a, in public accounting or you work in private industry and, and you're in accounting or finance role, that there is a, a really great lifestyle that you can build for yourself. And that's something that I also don't think is always understood.
1: Agree. Yeah. You said something, many things um, but the that are really critical, but having being that sense maker or, or making sense out of complex problems um, and making others' dreams come true through you know, being a, a CPA or or in private industry, it's that piece, we don't do a really good job communicating.
0: Exactly. And so I'll give you an example of a program that I'm involved with that actually helps in that space. And so just for parents who have students who might be interested in this, there's a program in the Bay Area that's called the Accounting Career Awareness Program. It's actually a program that's underneath the National Association of Black Accountants umbrella. And what they do in this program is they take minority high school students for the most part, but it is open to anyone, but, but they focus on minority students because they're trying to build that pipeline. And they put them on a college campus for a week, free to the, the students and parents, because it's supported by the different firms and, and uh, private companies as well, even Kaiser Permanente, which I'm very proud of. Uh, but, but basically we, we take the students, put them on a college campus for a week, they have day, night, day and night counselors, so they always have supervision. But they're learning about accounting concepts. They're learning about businesses, how they make their money, how they spend their money, and then they have a case competition. At least historically, where they develop a you know a soft beverage, and but they they discuss how do they market it, how do they uh, you know, wh- so what do they want to do advertising, um, what types of roles in accounting are required to develop this product into to sell it and to uh, account for the transactions. And so they talk about concepts like revenue and expense and the, the you know, assets and liabilities. And so they, they learn these concepts that they may not have really understood before, but now understand the importance of how they run a business, but also that when they are dealing with even just day-to-day transactions that they may encounter in their life, they're doing accounting. They just don't think of it that way.
1: Right, right. It's 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 not just the T accounts, right? There's so much so much more to that. So, how would someone get involved? You said it's the accounting awareness career awareness program, correct? At Anaba?
0: Yes, yes. So, 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 what you can do is there's a website. It's uh, it's uh, www.acapsfbayarea.org. If you go to that website or you look up accounting career awareness program, San Francisco Bay Area, you'll see their website, and there's actually an application that students can apply or work with their parents to apply uh, to participate in, in that program. And it, it's annually held during the summer. Uh, generally, it's at, up at UC Berkeley, but sometimes they go to different college campuses. But it, it's a wonderful program and a great opportunity for students to be exposed to the accounting profession in a really great way. Uh, but also, it's an awesome way for kids to get a week away from their parents and for their parents to get a week away from them. So it, So it's A win for everybody.
1: It's when you have those double, triple wins, that's where you need to focus. I love that. That's great. Um, Maybe just to move over to now your term as AICPA chair, um, what does that mean to you, kind of personally, professionally, and maybe what are the top two um, kind of focus areas for yourself, for the organization?
0: Well, you know, so so I would say that what it means to me personally is that. It's far beyond anything I would have ever imagined that I would be doing at you know this stage of my career when I began uh, you know thinking about accounting as a, as a profession and as a student at North Carolina State University never would have thought that uh, this would be somewhere that I would be sitting and you know by the fact that you know at this time uh, I serve as the first African American male you know uh, professional to serve in this capacity in the organization's 136 years. It says a lot in that respect as well. Now, so, so I would say that um, so it just means a tremendous amount to me, and, and to have the the enormous support that I've had, you know, from you know, everyone that I engage with in the profession is, is just meant you know tremendous amount to me personally. Um, from a professional perspective it's truly a career milestone. You know, something that, you know, I I believe will, for me, it's historical, but it also will be something that I I can look back on. And uh, ideally, with the contributions that I'll make over this term, to be really proud of the impact that I had within the profession, Um, not only just, you know, as being a member of council and serving on the board, but serving in this capacity. And I believe that it also, you know, speaks to the work that the profession in the ICPA has done in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion. That at the end of the day, you know, it's not about you know, giving someone an opportunity that you know, doesn't deserve it and, and not like tooting my own horn or anything, but I believe that we have to create opportunities. We have to be intentional about looking for leaders who have the ability to serve in these capacities and giving those opportunities because they've earned it. Right. And, and so I, I feel like in, in this space that I've I've done a lot, you know, in my career as you've shared, and I have a perspective to share. Uh, there are many others' perspectives to share as well, but but I hope that in the space of which you know I've lived and, and how I've operated as a leader, that I can bring these different experiences to the table. And when I meet with our different you know, state societies across the country, you know, I'm able to share about you know, what you know I what your business industry people don't care about or what public accounting people are are involved in the types of issues that they're dealing with, but also how they work with clients. And because now I'm a client, right? And so I know what I expect, right? You know, from the firms that I work with, uh, but then also academia. I've served as an dump professor for a few years teaching on leadership. You know, or and I work for a nonprofit, you know, organization. You know, a very large nonprofit, but yet still a nonprofit. So, I bring these different experiences to the table that I believe speaks to many of um, members of the association and the ICPA, but also you know individuals who are sitting within the different state societies across the country. So, so, I, so it's all it's all that and more. But it's a tremendous opportunity, and, and I'm just grateful that I you know have the support of CalCPA as my state's CPA society, but also the association, the, uh, the leadership within the association, which which is the Association of International Certified Professional Accountants, which I kind of call it kind of like the parent company of the SCPA and then CIMA, which is the Chartered Institute of Manage, Management Accountants, with that that partnership. Um, so. I I really wanna help drive the work there. So you you asked next about what are the the three areas that I'm focused on within my term. And so there are three areas that I'm focused on. The first is continuing to innovate within the profession. The second is building or or uh, increasing public trust in key areas such as sustainability, which I would say is ESG. And then by supporting the next generation of accountants and giving them opportunities to succeed. And so I want to break that down just for a moment, just because I think it's important to hit on each of them just a little bit. So, in terms of innovating, you know, or continuing to innovate within the profession, uh, that's really speaking to how we, as a profession, leverage technology to really advance what we do. Because there's a lot of, I will say, low-hanging fruit things that we do that may be routine that aren't as interesting that really could be automated. It could be simplified, centralized, automated to to eliminate a lot of that more manual work and to create more interesting opportunities for those who are coming behind us to really do great work that they're more interested in. So I think that that's also part of helping to address our pipeline challenges that we have is that people who are thinking about the accounting profession, they want to feel like, one, they're doing impactful work that is meaningful to them, not only in their profession, but just in life. And they wanna be a part of organizations that are fast thinking, that innovative, that think about change. And if we are looking to continue to advance as a profession, we really have to embrace and utilize technology to help us to do our work better, faster, smarter, and create more value to organizations. So I want us to work in that space. One of the ways that we're looking at doing that is also with our CPA exam, which is part of the CPA CPA Evolution Program, which has been in partnership with NASBA to change the way the CPA exam has been historically been taken. So there will be some disciplines that you can focus on, whether it's tax, um, you know, core accounting, or technology, to really help you, you know, have a, a, I'll a, a, um, say, kind of a, a more focus, discipline in terms of the areas of spaces in which you want to work as a career. Um, Now, in terms of the public trust space, really, we are a player in the ESG space, which stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance. And in that space, I would say we have a seat at the table, but we're not yet at the head of the table, right? Because there are a number of other players who are like boutique organizations and firms that work within the ESG space, but accountants have just a a depth of experience and history in looking at solutions around things like ESG. So when you think about either performing attestation services, well, a public accounting firms or people who are at sized smaller firms, they can do that work for organizations. Mm -hmm. And if you are someone who are looking to create an ESG program in your organization, those same firms can help you in determining what your strategy, should look like for ESG, and to also create the measurements or the controls that you would have to support what you are going to be reporting in your financial statement disclosures or any type of ESG reporting you might do, which is really important because you can't just put something out there you know, in you know, the public arena and say, this is what I'm doing, right, in terms of the ESG, and not have the support to back up those statements, and accounts can really you know, focus in that space and help and support that area. And then the last base in terms of the supporting the next generation of accountants, you know, I shared this, and I know that you even you know stated this with me on, on a LinkedIn that you know I say that trees were planted by people before us in this profession. And you know, we sit in the shade because of those you know trees that were planted for us many years ago. We have to plant those same trees for the next generation so that they have that same benefit that we've had today. And so, I, I believe that creating opportunity both for you know, individuals who are in the majority, but also who are in the minority. So, creating the, so looking at diversity, equity, inclusion, and how we create more seats at the table for individuals to feel like they have equitable opportunities to thrive within you know our 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 environment of in our profession is, is something critical that I think is important. And I think that that goes back to what I was saying about literally but when I when I go to many state societies. I frequently do not see a lot of individuals who look like me at the table, right? But I reinforce that message of I've had many mentors and sponsors who did not look like me and that you have the ability to create a, a future chairman, you know, of the association or the ICPA by mentoring and supporting their development. And so would you not? You want to be a part of developing that and to be able to sit back and say, you know, I, I had something to do with that success, right? And so just and whether it's that level or just literally helping someone to you know, invest in their career, maybe become a partner in a firm, maybe become a CFO in a private industry organization, that by mentoring and supporting and developing people of all backgrounds, we can really thrive as a as a profession. And, and I believe it's important that we do that. And I wanna do my part to make that happen.
1: Mm-hmm. No, it's it's critical. It really is. And I I have, I've shared, I share a lot, Okori, that kind of vision and statement of the trees and being able to, because it's so important to be able to give back and be able to have the pipeline, the pathway and the diversity um, for, for the profession. It just makes it a more rich profession for sure. Um, just on the diversity, equity, and inclusion, and you know, focusing on, on diversity, we know how important it is. And I hear a lot from um, professionals. You know, I got into the profession, and from a retention standpoint, I just didn't see me in leadership roles. I didn't feel the support. I didn't have the mentorship that I really needed to have, or the sponsorship, which both are so important. What? What would you say to firms or to corporations industry as far as what is that culture that we need to um, make sure that we have going forward to make sure we have that retention and we keep people, you know, in the profession that they don't leave because they went through four, five years of school, they've taken the exam and then they decide to leave. I mean, that speaks volume of where we have some gaps.
0: You know, things. I think that that's such an important question, and I, I definitely have some thoughts. And and I, I would also it, it recommend that people take a look. There's an a, an article that I did for Fortune Online uh, back. I want to say in 2021, and it, it's, it's it's called "Leading with De and I, De and I in the Finance Function." And I, I would really, it's something that maybe we can even add, you know, as an as an attachment. But it, it speaks to some of the things that you can, the organizations can do. And this is just based on not me as an expert in the DE&I space, but but someone who has lived experiences. And right? so I just want to you know, kind of space that because I think it's important that I don't hold myself out to be a, a diversity equity, inclusion expert, but I do have lived experiences and I, I, I know from which you speak. Uh, one thing that I would, would share would be that actively listening to your professionals of diverse background and understanding their needs and perspectives is, is a critical element. And sometimes you know people are afraid, honestly, to have those conversations because they don't know one what they might get in terms of responses and are they prepared for those things. But also uh, that well, will the person who they're asking feel comfortable with the fact that they're asking that question. And I believe that there's an element of of you know of just uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess I would say, um, you know, it, it, it could be uncomfortable, but but really, um, it, it's, um, it, well, I was curious, but the word I'm looking for is it's actually vulnerability. That's the word I was looking for, is that you have to put yourself in a place of being vulnerable, you know, to be able to go after that information and, 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 and let the individual know that, that this is what I'm trying to do. Because I believe that if the intent is viewed as positive and that you're looking to do good, then and that you're going to act on the information that you get. That's the worst thing you can do is you get the information and then no one sees the impact of it. But that that would be critically important. I believe that also providing tools and resources for advancement of helping people to understand what is required to advance within respective organizations. Because sometimes... It's like this gray box or this black box. So, well, you know, if you stay long enough, you do the right things, you will eventually become, you know, this leader, right? In the organization. And, but you don't know what do you need to be doing during those years that you're trying to exceed or exceed expectations and, and thrive within the organization. But you've got to do that and make it clear in terms of the past because it, it shouldn't be a secret of what do you, what do you need to do to become, uh, you know, leader in the organization. Um, I believe that having metrics around measuring DEI performance, you know, and, and incentivizing those who are actively driving change within the organization is also a key element. And for me, it, this isn't about quotas; it's being about being intentional and creating opportunities for people to grow and have, you know, opportunities to, to thrive in their, their careers. It, because ultimately, if, you, if you're not intentional about it, you won't be able to know what you're getting done and you won't be able to measure how effective are the pro- processes and policies that you're putting in place to, to advance that. So some other things I would recommend would be thinking about like the, the types of opportunities that people are getting on, you know, within the organization. So whether if it if it's a firm, what are the types of, you know, assignments that you know, individuals are, are being put on? Are we putting what we call the best and brightest uh, on, uh, you know the 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 different opportunities and do they look like different backgrounds? Because if we have a homogeneous team who all look the same and you know bring the same type of backgrounds to the table, we're likely going to be missing something. And, and that's an opportunity, right? if we if we don't create space for there to be variety and for different backgrounds to be seen and operating it on those, especially uh, big projects that really help to showcase your ability, and to uh, give you opportunities to grow your your career, sort of like the major accounts and such. And then in the industry, same thing, where if there's a special project that generally, you know, you you put the the best and the brightest on those special projects because you really want this to be successful. Well, you need to make sure that you're creating a team that has different backgrounds, different, you know, ethnicities, different schools of thought, uh, that all, all these things are coming into play when you're developing that team so that, Multiple people get that perspective and back an opportunity, and, and then again, if you if you see you know homogeneous team, then you should be asking yourself some questions. What why why does this look this way? What we're missing something, and we should be doing something different. And, and that's both male female, different ethnicities, um, different sexual orientations. All that really should be factored into what you're looking at doing. Um, the last thing that I would share is that I, I just believe that you know, it, it's important to just look at um, that when we talk about like who we view as the best and brightest, that we have to think that not not only in those individuals that we would say are high potential, right? That people identify as, well, these are our high potential people. Well, are you really looking broadly, you know, at your organization or looking broadly where you recruit from? Because if you are recruiting from the places where you have said, well, these were our partners have come from, what well, you're gonna get the same thing that you've always gotten versus really looking at, well, maybe we should be going to different schools. Maybe we should be going to what we call HBCUs, which are historically black colleges and universities to look for talent that are really exceptional, but are from different places that we have historically gotten. So these are just some of the things that I would share that I think are opportunities for us um, for whether you're in a firm or whether you are in business industry to really make an impact in terms of how you were supporting your diversity, equity, inclusion strategy.
1: That's great great advice for anyone. I'd say anyone in any industry. It's real, because those kind of five different points you gave could apply anywhere, right? I mean, list, actively listening. I really appreciate that because someone, when we were starting our DEI journey, Um, more intentionally, as you said, back when I was with Iram, I remember one of the consultants saying to me, you have to skin your knee. You have to just, like you said, be vulnerable. And uh, I was always afraid what I would say, is it okay? Should I skin your knee and get up and keep moving forward? Because if you don't, you will not. And it's that vulnerability that we're so afraid. Um, But but you have to do that. And so that's a great start, it's just a start. And then some of the other um, areas that you that you indicated are just um, really helpful for anyone, just to make sure they have assignments, make sure there's metrics. And um, I remember, Corey, when I was in it, you were on the search committee, so thank you. for for that but um, I remember you asking me specifically about DE&I and how you make sure that um, you hold people accountable and we talked a bit about the metrics but that for me was just so impactful that someone asked that question because it was so important to me and so I thought oh this is a place for me if you believe it's a place for me so thank you so much for that just great advice honestly great advice. A question, because you're such a remarkable leader, and that was driven home to me and I think to others when we were at AICPA and at your installation and what others had shared about you. And um, so many people in the audience said they were feeling emotional, and it's because the individuals that talked about you were emotional, and they had such wonderful things to say about you, and it's because of you, right? You inspired them. So from a leadership standpoint, what would you say, you know, are some qualities of a um a really impactful leader, inspirational leader? We,
0: we, you know, Denise, that, that one is interesting for me because I feel like I, I could spend a lot of time on that one because we'll have you like, back. To you, exactly. <laughs> because I mean teaching that, that course on leadership uh you know at, at some state university in the, in the MBA program, it, it was a wonderful opportunity to bring different leaders with different perspectives to the table that really represented a just a rainbow uh, of people and backgrounds and experiences so that people did see that reflection of themselves in the classroom and thought, I can maybe be one of these you know, individuals. And they brought you know, a number of ideas, but just a few things that, that, that I would share. I believe that leadership, you, you have to have integrity, you have to have vision, you have to have perspective. And that, you know, you need to be someone who inspires other people to help them grow and to understand that service is something that is really important. So being what we call a servant leader, that I really believe that my job is really the, the, the biggest part of my job is supporting my team and helping them to see the strengths, the opportunities, the experiences that they have and seeing things in them that they may not even believe that they have in themselves and to challenge them, to really take these opportunities and, and to really grow. And to know that I'm gonna stretch you, but I'm also not gonna let you fall, right? So, so that ultimately, you know, I've got you, you know, if there's something in that, if there's a meeting or something you need to be involved in to really help you, or you're running into a challenge that I'm gonna be there to support you in whatever environment that you may be in. But but those are just some of the things that I think that are really important. Many people want to lead, but they need to understand that supporting and being able to serve and support others is equally as important as being someone who makes decisions. You have to be able to execute and support the work that ultimately allows you to eventually lead and make decisions and support others. But those are just some of the things, but like I told you, Denise, I, I spent a lot of time in this space. Uh, of leadership and, and the, the skill sets that you need. And I, and I was looking at, I went back to actually some of my materials that I had for my course and like leadership traits that individuals admired. I had literally like three rows of probably about 20 items that individuals identified as what their leadership traits that they really you know thought were inspiring to them, but also different things I heard from the leaders and the common things that came through leaders who actually came through the course to share what their experiences were with um, with the individuals who were part of the uh, the class, so it was a wonderful experience.
1: Mm, that's I love that quote because servant leadership. Um, I did take a it was a cohort class and ten years ago or so, but it wasn't. People would say, "Oh, servant leadership." You're serving that you you need to be powerful. I mean that's and it was seen as being weak, right? But now it's so important, especially with EQ and making sure that you understand and have empathy. So knowing we're drawing near, we'll have to have you back again. We could talk for hours, as we know, so so much that we could talk about. But um, so when your term with AICPA is up and it's um, you know goes by quickly, but you're going to do so many amazing things, and you already have. What's next for you? Seems like you're always having something on your horizon. What would be? Is there a next?
0: Well, immediate past year would be next, <laughs> but, but And that's young, pretty.
1: That's a lot too.
0: Exactly, but 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 no. But I would say, you know, in all seriousness, I I actually still am thinking, you know, about some of those next things. But one, but one of the things that that I am currently in the process of doing is I'm participating in a. Um, a corporate board leadership program. It's called the Black Corporate Board Readiness Program. And it's, uh, it's BCBR is, is it's kind of a, you know, it's acronym. And, and so it's a, an amazing program that I, that I'm part of cohort eight. And I'm getting the experience of learning what are the things that the, the, you know, individuals who are serving on corporate boards that they need to be thinking about and how they support, you know, organizations that are looking to have individuals serve on their boards. And, and I'm looking at how I can take all the experiences that I've had you know in my corporate world, but also in my volunteerism and take that into you know the corporate you know, boardrooms and in, in different spaces as well because I believe that we still aren't anywhere near where we probably should be in terms of having individuals represented in that space. And when you're at that table, right? you are helping those who are making decisions that impact the world. And and having that view heard and and, uh, and you know respected and listened to, and I believe that I have an opportunity and I have the experience to share you know in that capacity. So that's part of what the next steps will be. We'll be looking at service on corporate boards, but also how I can continue to be involved in the you know, various community programs and activities that really help uh, individuals thrive, but also minority individuals to continue to advance within you know whether it's in school or whether it's in, in the profession uh, because i believe it's it's still a really important area for us to focus on and if you know a given state society wants me to come through and provide perspectives i'm still going to always be here to share those ideas and thoughts and, and and what we're doing because as as past chair of the SCPA i will continue to serve on council uh, which would be something that would help me remain relevant, you know, to our profession, to be able to continue to provide perspective and input you know, into what we're doing, which I believe is a just an immense um, opportunity that I'm very proud of. And so I want to do that as well, as well as continue to, to operate within my my, my day job, you know, which is serving as vice president of SOX for Casa Permanente. So I have a lot still yet on the table. I feel like I still have a lot to offer and I'm looking forward to continuing to serve in this capacity and others.
1: Well, I have no doubt that whatever you set your sights on, you will accomplish. So you'll be on many probably corporate boards, but you have such a unique perspective. And you started out with that, just having the public piece, having the industry corporate piece, You know, being an adjunct professor. There's just so many elements that you are a great spokesperson You know, for the profession and also for the business communities. So um, we will definitely, anytime we can get with Okori, we are happy to have and grateful for that. But um, we know that you're extremely busy right now, and we always want to honor that um, and respect that. But um just been wonderful to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule. And anything you would like to add before we sign off?
0: Sure, sure, Nisa. And again, thank you for this opportunity. It has been amazing, as always, to talk to you. you. You were an amazing find, and we are so glad that you are serving as the leader of our uh, Cal, um, our, of our state society CalcPA uh, and just amazing. So even though you know you know I, I'm part of that team, I, you know I still say that this has been a win, an amazing win for us in that I, we did our job. and so, I, so I'm really really pleased that you're here. but but the, the last point that I would share is just I, I I would be remiss if I didn't share my deep gratitude and appreciation for you, for the senior leadership team at Cal CPA, and for all of our members who do just incredible work every day, but also their just immense the support of me serving in this capacity, I, I felt especially for those of, uh, who sit on council, uh, just an amazing just love and support for the the, the just for me serving this role and supporting me in in doing such, always there to be there to cheer me on and and just to make sure that, that I know that you've got my back. And so I feel like having my state society supporting me the way that that you all do, it just means a tremendous amount to me and that I wanna do everything I can to ensure that I'm representing you know, our profession well, but also CPA as well as my home state society. So just want to share my deep gratitude and appreciation for our our state society and, again, the leadership team and and everyone who works at CalCPA. You are an amazing group of individuals, and thank you for your support.
1: Well, thank you. And we do have amazing members and leaders, as you. I'm very appreciative for that. And thank you again, Corey, for your time. Have a great rest of
0: your day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Rise and Stride is produced by the California Society of Certified Public Accountants. To learn more, visit calcpa.org.